0: Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Let's just bow our heads, Lord. We thank you that you are still speaking to the church today. As you said again and again, those that have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And Lord, to each one this morning, I pray that every distraction would be removed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that there will be an open heart, open ears to receive what you have for us. Lord, I pray that there would be a quickening by your spirit. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we, just, we cover each and every one with your precious blood, from the youngest to the oldest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am dismiss the children at this time. Praise the Lord. The last uh, number of weeks, I've been uh, coming before the Lord And um, just asking him for direction, have been asking for confirmation, been asking for him to speak into my life, and not just personally, but as a pastor and and, uh, as one that is overseeing the flock, and to uh, hear from the Lord. And um, the last number of weeks, Lord has led me again and again to Zechariah. And I'm going to give a little background on him in a moment. But the word was not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Nothing, listen nothing can take place without the spirit of god and when it comes to our lives nothing can be done as we are saved without the moving of the spirit of god and so we we need to allow the holy spirit to have freedom in our lives there is such a thing as grieving the Holy Spirit to hold off the Holy Spirit as believers, that we would not be those that would do that. In this passage, the Lord says and is speaking to Zerubbabel or to Zechariah to share with Zerubbabel. And uh, Zerubbabel was the governor of the region at that time. And this was around 500 B.C. or so. And for 70 years, the Israelites had been in captivity and now had come out of captivity and uh, so not all of them had moved from the area that they were in for generations but there was a remnant that had come back to Jerusalem and uh, to do a work and Zechariah was a prophet of the Lord, along with Haggai. And there was a speaking into these two men to encourage the people to continue the work of building the temple. Because the temple, there had been a resistance, there had been a coming against, and the temple work had stopped. And just so you have, once again, a little bit of background... It was probably about fifty years before that the temple was totally destroyed. Everything taken right down. The the temple that had stood for hundreds of years, that Solomon had built, a beautiful, beautiful temple, and the total the, the whole thing was totally brought down. And the word of the Lord came. There was a decree made by the Persian king, Cyrus, who was the son of Esther. If you read through Esther, as they were in captivity, Cyrus was her son. And there was a decree as Cyrus became king, as Esther got into that position of being queen And all the people, the children were in captivity. They were they were not in their in their home land. They were not in Israel. They were not in in Jerusalem. But the word of the Lord came that the the temple should be rebuilt. And now there was opposition. Listen, I want you to know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there will be opposition from every area, whether it's your own flesh being in opposition to the Holy Spirit, or whether it's the things of this world in opposition to the things of God, or whether it's Satan himself and his demons that would come against you to hinder the work that God wants to do by his Spirit in your life and so there are different things that come against us as these mountains and obstacles and the Lord is saying not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts who are you O great mountain great obstacle Satan demons who are you before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Zerubbabel, once again, was the governor at that time in that area, in that region. It was in charge of, of things happening or being put into place after this these generations of captivity. And here they are back in the land. And he shall bring forth a capstone. With shouts of grace, grace to it, that final stone. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the world. Or the whole earth. The eyes of the Lord, the things, these seven, is the a number of perfection, of, of completion, no knowledge of everything, seeing everything. And the Lord is saying, I see the work that is being done. It is by my spirit that nothing can shut it down. I want you to know today that if you allow God to be Or Jesus to be Lord in your life. And as you surrender and submit to Him. One of the things that Jesus desires to do. He is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And that there would be a fullness of the Spirit of God in your life. That there would be rivers of living water flowing through you. So for more than a dozen years or so, the task of rebuilding the temple had been half completed. And Zechariah is commissioned by God to encourage the people in their unfinished responsibility. Rather than exhorting them to action with strong words of rebuke, Zechariah seeks to encourage them to action by by reminding them of the future importance of the temple. The temple must be built, for one day the Messiah's glory will inhabit it. And the, the, that which is seen comes right to this, to things that have not taken place yet. The things that Zechariah saw have some things have not taken place yet. And so there's an encouragement in the visions that he had. The visions that were given to him, the things that he saw, that there would be an encouragement to those that were in the present time to continue on the work that they needed to continue to do. It's interesting that the future blessing, oftentimes our future blessing is contingent upon present obedience. The things that we do today impact the future. So the decisions we make are critical. So they were not just merely building a building. They are building the future. With that as their motivation, they can enter into the building project with wholehearted zeal for the Messiah is coming. Zechariah means Yahweh remembers or Yahweh has remembered. And so this theme dominates the whole book that Israel will be blessed because Yahweh remembers the covenant that he made with the fathers. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now listen. We need to recognize as the temple of the Holy Spirit, that there are things that will hinder. Let me just read quickly from 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. From verse 12. One of the things is, is, our, is the, the, the aspect of the world, as I mentioned already, the aspect of our flesh, the aspect of even demonic influence. It says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. There should be no influence on us. If there's something that you have to have, I can't live without it. I'll tell you right now, there is something wrong. When I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, hey, I can't live out with, without the Lord or I can't live, live without the Holy Spirit. But if, if there are things that, that are, are holding on to you, it says, Paul writes, I will not be brought under the power of any which means that we can be under the influence of things and even demonic influence if we allow it. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. I'm just, I'm having a hard time with that verse. (laughs) I'm just thinking that if he's taken away uh, this aspect of food as we know it, uh, then there's something better to come. I I can't imagine what could be better than than eating a delicious meal. I can't imagine. But um, I know that what the Lord will have for us. I I know that we're going to be feasting um, for seven years. Uh, So that's going to be good. So it's going to be different, definitely, once we come to be with the Lord. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot certainly not I'll tell you in this day and age sex outside of marriage before marriage outside of marriage is rampant. It is the norm. That is not what God is saying here. That should not be the norm. And there's something about the defiling of this temple that the Lord is saying, don't let it happen. Don't let it happen that we would take care of this body that God has given us because Verse 16 says, or, Shall I then take members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And This is why the enemy... You, you, sometimes you wonder why is the, the thing of sex, especially outside, outside of marriage, I'm saying outside of marriage... God made this thing of intimacy. But why is, it such a, why is it such a problem? Why is it so prevalent today? And the reason for that is that behind so much of this is the enemy. And there is a distorting of everything that God would put into place. And we see that today. We see that even within the church and what's coming or attempting to creep into the church, that these things are acceptable. They're not. They're not acceptable. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Don't you know that as a believer, as a child of God? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we would not let us not sin against the Holy Spirit in, in our activities and our conduct, but that it would be right before the Lord. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The temple of the Holy Spirit. Here in the Old Testament, the temple was such, it was critical to to the existence and to the life of the individual and also of the nation. And the Lord wants to move by his spirit within us. And even as you read through Zechariah, there are visions given. It's like, wow, I, what does this mean? What are you saying, Lord? And Lord, do you want to work through me? The Lord wants to work through you, not just on you, but He wants to work through you by His Spirit. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit entered you, came in. You invited Him. As you invited Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit came in and resides within you that there would not be conflict or that which would be in opposition to the Holy Spirit. And we would not grieve the Holy Spirit. And as we surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and as we allow the Spirit of God to move, He's saying the the, the mountains and the obstacles in your life, not just even removed, but made as a plane. You know what a plane is? I'm not, we're talking not talking a flying P-L-A-N-E plane that flies in the air, but we're talking the plane. The, You go out west, we're going out to the plains, just flat. So when you have an obstacle like a mountain in front of you, and you're attempting to do whatever you can that that obstacle would be removed, the Lord is saying, I want to do it in your life by my spirit. Not by your strength, your might, or your power, but by the Holy Spirit, I want to do a work on you and through you, the things that would, would hold you back, the things that are, are, are affecting you, the Lord is saying, I want to have them removed because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And just as there were visions and things that were given that are to come, that is for your life as well. The Lord is saying, there are things that I want to do in your life. And I thank God we can live apart from God for a good chunk of our life. But the moment that we give our life to Lord, whether we're younger or whether we are near the end of our life, or even at the end of our life, there is a coming in of his spirit into us as we believe in him. And our future changes from darkness and being apart from him for eternity to, come, to coming into his marvelous light and being with God for eternity. Aren't you excited about that? Hallelujah. Visions. Zachariah had visions. <coughs> I had a few visions. I want to share them. It's good. Because the Lord wants to work out some of the things that he gives you, some of the things that he speaks to you. They will, and oftentimes, it's not just impacting you, but would impact others. Let me just share one vision I've shared a few times in the last number of years. Vision I saw, and the Lord is doing this work. He is doing this work at this point, and things are being put into place. Even, even the finances. In the last month and a half, two months, there have been literal tens of thousands of dollars that have come in for this work. Financially. it's like, these are people that don't necessarily go to our church. They don't even come to our church. And the Lord is saying, hey, I want to do a work. I want to do a work in these last days, and the vision that I, that I saw, and I didn't just see this, there were a few others as well that saw this. In fact, maybe there are some of you that might have had a similar unctioning or notion, but I was standing down by the falls in this vision. So in the vision, I'm standing down by the falls. Now, I... I I can't remember where I had this, this vision, where I was at that point, but it was about 15 years ago. I should have written it down somewhere. It, it must be written down. I'll have to go back and look at my, my journal, journals over the years. But what I saw, I saw just a, a short glimpse. I saw tens of thousands of people as I'm looking at my back facing the American Falls, and I'm looking at the escarpment, and I see thousands, tens of thousands of people. I I, I couldn't see all the way to Murray Hill or all the way to Clifton Hill, the roads coming down. But everything between those two, there were people by the tens of thousands. And in what I saw in front of me, was a post with speakers hanging on that post. And as I'm looking at this crowd, I could hear that the gospel was being preached. Yeah. We have acted on this vision that, especially the these two other men that, that had the same vision, and, and I, I've mentioned this to you, we went and uh, we looked into doing something down by the falls 5 years ago 6 years ago it was not possible because they wouldn't allow any religious groups in to do anything there i can remember in the 70s our our little band cornerstone we played down by victoria park they used to have a band shell can anybody remember that band shell it was brown and it was down by it was dark brown I still have my mind we played on that band in that band shell it was in the mid 70s right down on Victoria Park they took the whole thing down because you you were able there was a lot a lot of people that or groups that would come and they would sing there even Christian groups and for a a long period of time there was nothing religious or allowed down by the falls that has changed The Lord is doing a work, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. And so I heard the gospel being preached to tens of thousands of people. Lord, let this come to pass. Let this come to pass. Another vision that I want to share with you that I had, and once again, I've shared this one over the years, was nighttime, and once again, I'm not in that actual location when I see the vision, but I'm having this vision and I'm across the street in the parking lot, across the street, right on on the corner and I'm looking here at the church. I'm looking at the church and it's nighttime. It's dark. And I see the entire building engulfed in flames and as I'm watching I'm recognizing the flames are not out of control they're probably I don't know five six or five or six feet in height the entire roof there's not a section that is not on fire and as I'm looking at the building I see a shaft of light that must have been probably 10, 12 feet in diameter, come out the center of the top and just shine straight into the air. I still, even right now, as I'm describing it, I see it in my mind's eye. Vision. Vision that the Lord had given. Listen. That there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This, this is a, a temple of the Lord. That there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on this place and not just on this place but there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit within us and on us there would just be a flow of the Spirit of God through us because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit it says on the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. After Jesus went to the cross, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day. He was on this planet for 40 days and on the 50th day, on, on the 40th day he rose and he went to, to be on the right hand of the Father. And when it was the day of Pentecost, the, fest, the feast of the first, first fruits of the harvest coming in, that's Pentecost. They celebrated it every year, this festival of the first fruits. And there would be a celebration of the, the the first of the harvest coming in. It was on that day, 2,000 years ago, that the Holy Spirit fell on the, the early church that was there, the 120 that were gathered together. And there was rivers of living water that started to pour out. In Acts 2 verse, I think it's verse 33, 32 or 33, it says this which you now see and hear has been poured out or given as Jesus is on the right hand of the father basically it's it's being poured out the spirit of god the promise of the father which is the holy spirit the fullness of the holy spirit in our lives hallelujah listen we need the holy spirit in our lives personally and we need the holy spirit In our church, as we as a congregation to move forward powerfully to take in a harvest, we need the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing is, it's also for a cross for anyone that desires anyone. It says that this promise, the promise of the Father, is given to your children, to you, to your children and their children and to those who are afar off. That's for us today. For us today. Hallelujah. Now it's amazing. This thing about mountains and obstacles. When God speaks, things come to pass. It says in Ezra 1, verse 1. In fact, as you re- finish Second Chronicles, the very last few verses of Second Chronicles, which is uh, the the priestly view of the history, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, there's also First and Second Chronicles, and First and Second Chronicles has to do like First First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings has to do more with the a look on things from a kingly authority the authority that is there from that, that point of view but First and Second Chronicles has to do with the priesthood and it's you're, they're looking at that, that time spiritually and it's interesting right after 2 Chronicles is Ezra and 2 Chronicles ends off with mentioning, making mention of Cyrus King Cyrus and a decree that he makes and, and Ezra Carries right on. So this is like probably around 536 B.C. is what they're saying. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, Ezra 1 verse 1, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might, that it might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the lord god of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at jerusalem which is in judah so here's the king of persia cyrus saying that there needs to be a house built in jerusalem now the amazing thing is at that point the the medes and the persians were in charge or had were the superpower And they had overtaken the the Babylonians, who were the superpower before them. But now the Medes and the Persians are, are in control. And here's the king of the Persians saying, There will be a house built in Jerusalem. Who is among you of all his people? God's people. May his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all those whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Now, there was opposition. If you read chapters, that chapter, continue on in chapter 2 and 3 and 4, you recognize that there's opposition that comes up immediately as there's a work to be done. Let me read to you Zechariah 4, verses 1 to 6. talks about something, and we'll see in Ezra chapter 3, the very first thing that was built, the very first thing that was built when they came from Persia, wherever they had been, where they had been taken in Babylon and, and, and all these different places where they were scattered, As the spirit stirred upon different hearts and they went, there was a whole group that went, thousands went to rebuild and fulfill this this command and decree that was basically of God working on the heart of a king. But here Zechariah is given a vision, chapter 4 verse 1. It says, Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I'm looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl. So just picture a, a lampstand out of gold. And on the, on the stand, there's a, there's a bowl. So there's a bowl on the top of this candle stand or stick. And then coming from the bowl, there are seven pipes that are coming up. And so on the top of the, the pipe are spots for for there to be a flame that would shine light and bring light. So probably what's happening is there's a wick that is going through the pipe. And so the wick... the uh, it, draws up the oil right up to the top and the top is lit and it keeps coming. The bowl needs to be filled and continual. So there's oil. So in in this, the bowl would be oil. And on top of it, on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. And two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the Lord who talked with me answered and said, "Do you not know what these are?" And I said, "No, my Lord." So He answered and said to me, "Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit," says the Lord. The candlestick, you know what? The very first thing that they built? When they came when they came to Jerusalem, Ezra 3 verse one. It says, and when the seventh month had come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as as one man to Jerusalem. As one man. They were all in in, in one accord. Then Joshua, the son of Josedic, and his brethren the priests, and Zerubbabel, we've already heard that name, the son of Shetiel, and his brethren arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of, the man of God. So the very first thing that they built was the altar. And so the altar was built probably right on the same place that the altar had been built in, for Solomon's temple. So they, they would know where the, the temple roughly stood. In fact, some of them, were probably still alive when the temple came down. They had been alive 50 years older, so, you know, they, I remember the temple. I remember how it looked and, and so where the, the altar was, there was an altar where all the sacrifices were made. Listen. The candlestick with the bowl on top the 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 main thing that lifts up and holds that bowl it is this aspect of of not just the altar but the sacrifice in galatians 3 it talks about who who's bewitched you didn't didn't wasn't It's shown and portrayed to you. Didn't I portray to you Jesus Christ crucified? Christ crucified? Listen, the Holy Spirit, then he goes on to talk about the fact that how, how did you receive faith? How do you have faith? And how does the Holy Spirit move? Is it not through this? Galatians 3, verses 1 to 6. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit. And it, the Holy Spirit comes from that candlestick. It, it's held up. This thing of gold in the, the, uh, the t- uh, temple, the Solomon's temple, the, in, the Holy of Holies was all made out of gold, covered with gold. It's about the sacrifice. Jesus. Gold talks about Deity. Solid gold, Jesus Christ, and the bowl where the oil is in the Holy Spirit, and and what would bring illumination and light by the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit was what Jesus wanted us to have so that we could be witnesses unto others. Listen, some of us, we have family members that don't know the Lord. They may have grown up in a Christian home, but some of our children have wandered away. We have siblings that, that, that don't know the Lord. You came to the Lord, and there are family members that don't know the Lord. You have parents, maybe you have children that don't know the Lord. By His Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit, saith, saith the Lord. This is about the moving of, of, of God and the Holy Spirit and the illumination that would come to be light, to be a light, not to be in darkness, but that there would be light. The most important thing, the altar, Jesus Christ and him crucified, let it be established in our own lives. It is for today as well. It is the foundation, this thing thing of the altar, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. Don't despise the small things that the Lord is speaking into your life, a simple thing. Hey, go build that temple. Actually, it was a bigger thing for them, but they, they heeded the voice of the Lord. They heeded the voice of the Lord, and there was a work. There was a work that began. And even though there were, there were things coming against to stop that, that temple from being built, who are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. See, after Cyrus, after Cyrus, his son became king, and then after king, there was another king. And this king, in Ezra 4, verse 23, got news. You, you got you to listen read some of these chapters, like a letter, and it's by word, word for word, this letter is is written out, and and, uh, it's the opposition saying, going to the king and saying, hey, they're starting to do some building here, and I, I don't think they have the permission, and this shouldn't be. If you take a look, you'll notice that anybody that's there in Jerusalem and, and trying to do something, there's always issue and there's problems. And so now when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum, so he, the king gets a letter from the people from Rehum and Shimshay, the scribe and their companions. He writes a letter back and it says, they went up in haste with this letter. To the, against the Jews and by force of arms made them cease and say, you're not allowed to continue to build the temple. You're not allowed. Thus the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, until Artaxerxes was out of the way. And Then Darius makes another decree. The Lord said to Zerubbabel, and already the work had ceased, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, the mountain will be removed. We're talking the, the decree of, of a king coming against the things of God, even a king. I want you to know, when the Lord speaks something into your life, that you would heed it. Because the Lord's saying, I want to accomplish this in your life. The things that are, are, have been, you've been blessed with, with gifts and talents, recognize the Lord wants to work not just on you, but wants to work through you by His Spirit, not by your own talents, not by your own giftings or whatever, but by His Spirit, He wants to work through you to impact others. You want to know why they, these people were against the work of the temple? They had said when they had started, when, when Zerubbabel and, and Ezra and, uh, had come and they had started the work on the temple, these people had come up from the, the area of Samaria and they had said, hey, listen, we want to help you with uh, building a temple. And we'd be like, yeah, hey, that's perfect. To have the help of others. And yeah, they may not be believers or, you know, they just, they want to help out. And Zerubbabel says no. And they got upset. And now they started coming against them. And so here this group then has this this letter from King Artaxerxes saying... You shall not continue working on the temple. But the Lord, when he speaks, and even for our lives today, the Lord is saying, I want to do works, not just on you, but through you, by my spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And it says in Ezra 5, verse 1, so just jumping through a few a few chapters in Ezra. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of, of the God of Israel who was over them. So you can read what they prophesied. You can read it. Haggai and Zerubbabel. And so these men are, are speaking. This is what the Lord would say. So Zerubbabel, the son of... Shealtiel and uh, Joshua, the son of uh, Josadec rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. At the same time, Tetanai, the governor of the region beyond the river and Shethar, Bosne and their companions came to them and spoke thus to them, Who has commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? Then accordingly we told them the names of the men who were constructing this building, But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews so that they could not make them cease till a report go to Darius. So the eye of the the Jews, of their God, was upon the elders of the Jews. And so that they could not make them cease till a report go to Darius. So they had started work up again in the temple, that the temple would be completely completed And so they had to write another report to Darius. And then it says, then a written answer was returned concerning this matter, verse 6. This is a copy of the letter that Tethne sent. The governor of the region beyond the river and his companions, the Persians, who were in the region beyond the river, to Darius the king. And they sent a letter to him in which was written thus, to Darius the king, all peace. And it goes on. But the word came back where Darius says, no, no, no. We looked at all the different decrees. And Darius they found a decree from Cyrus years before saying that the temple should be rebuilt. And Darius, the king, the Persian king at that time, says it's going to be, re- it's going to be built. Let it continue on. The decisions we make today impact tomorrow. How do we respond to the, the word of the Lord in our lives? I want to read a word that was given and I see the impact of this word. This was given in prayer on Thursday, May 7th, 2020. And I just, I wrote it down in my journal for that day, 7 to 8.30. So between 7 and 8.30, before going to prayer, we're usually here at quarter after 9, 20 after 9, on, from Wednesday to, to Saturday. Before going to prayer, I was asking the Lord to speak to me regarding the meeting with the mayor and this vision I had seen of tens of thousands of people by the false. Still didn't feel like I knew what to do. And the scripture, Revelations 1-6 came to mind. And as I looked at that, that scripture, I looked at the surrounding passages. And I just want to read quickly from Revelations 1-4-8. Because it's the God that we serve. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And the part that hit me was Revelations 1 verse 5 and the, the fact that Jesus was ruler over the kings of the earth. With that came great peace, and joy. I'm just reading here my journal from that that day, May 7th. Jesus is ruler over Trump, Justin Trudeau, and even our mayor, Jim. And verse 6 says, Kings and priests unto God brings me to the Old Testament, and every good king had priests also doing what was right before the Lord. And as the mayor would be doing what is right before the Lord, he would all allow and have the godly spiritual leadership do what is right before the Lord. We're going to do what is right before the Lord because our Lord is Jesus Christ. And that morning as I came for prayer, there was my mom and my dad. Pastor Nathan was on the phone, via phone. We were under uh, our our lockdown at that time. And so we were allowed five. There was only four of us. But Nathan was, was on the phone. Anyways, shared some of the things the Lord had revealed to me, then I then prayed for the situation. Nathan prayed first, then dad, then mom. I prayed last. As I began to pray, I started to also pray prophetically. Prayed for about thirty minutes straight. While I was praying, the Lord was revealing things spiritually, and I could I would see these things. I saw why the principalities that we had bound over the years in prayer didn't seem to be bound. They had been bound. But every principality was replaced with another. I saw the heavens over Niagara Falls clear, no obstacles, praise God. Then extended to Niagara region. So not just Niagara Falls, but out to the Niagara region. As I prayed, as I prayed that, I prayed that every pastor in church would preach a different that preached a different Jesus, received a different spirit and a gospel, and a different gospel, would have their eyes opened and would stop or move out. Let there be a preaching of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. During that time of prayer, I also prayed that repentance would take place, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out, and that revival would take place. And as I was praying for revival, the word revive came. And I recognized as I spoke the word revive, it was coming from God Himself. As I'm praying this word, He's saying revive. It wasn't me speaking, but God Himself was saying Revive. The word of the Lord was revive, or come to life. And as I write this Sunday morning, that the next Sunday morning, or as I was just going over this, on May tenth, I realized that on the Tuesday night that, that I had recorded for the Wednesday night message to be aired. So we were pre-recording here because we couldn't gather together. We were in lockdown. And the title of the message was Revival on Daniel nine verses one to twenty. You can look at that for. Uh, May, May uh, the first week in, in 2020. I was going to speak on the last part of Daniel and couldn't get anything together until I realized God had wanted me to speak on the first part of Daniel. And as I realized that on Tuesday, everything came together quickly on Tuesday night as we were pre-recording. And I had prayed while recording for the five points of our 21-day prayer f- fast that we were, were having. And so I prayed these five points that came on that Tuesday night. And I'm seeing now that the prayer I prayed on Tuesday night in pre-recording was heard. The message was aired on the Wednesday night, and now on Thursday morning, the Lord was revealing so much in prayer. Also, that the revival would be greater than one event, but would impact the entire Niagara region and all those that would come to Niagara Falls. As I prayed, I saw angels and like Jacob's ladder from the Niagara region uh, coming down like Jacob's Ladder for the Niagara region as angels would minister to those that would inherit salvation. And on top of that, prayer for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus would be lifted up, that many would be saved. I've never prayed that long with others. Prayed for probably half, half an hour straight with mom and dad weeping, at times prayer in tongues, and Nathan praising God. Didn't finish until 1045. I just want to say, God is doing something. He is. Last week, so many of you responded to the message and there was tables set up in the gym. So many of you went out. There are now, I, I've, I've, there's a, a, about 45 people that have signed up from those that are, have already been praying or on, on whether it's the elders uh, praying. I can just shoot out a text or whether it's the prayer chain. And um, there's been an adding to that. And there's, there's a total of about 45 now that are part of prayer force, which is basically us coming together in prayer over needs that might be there, or coming here to pray, or whatever. Oftentimes, as a need comes in, can just say, hey, this is the need, and we can pray. And with that, I want to praise, is AJ here today? AJ? Okay. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.